Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Reed. I'm joined by Krupa, Tilly and Butler. Whoa. Hola. Hello, Hello everybody. Uh, what have we been up to this week? I have been chatting with Edgar Wright. Yeah. I went on the set of his new film a little while back, The World's End, which is the follow-up to Shaun on the Dead and Hot Fuzz, his, the loose trilogy that he's been making with Simon Pegg. Um, so I can't talk about what I saw on set, but I can talk Why, about... Why, was, was there anal rape involved? Um, yeah, I can't remember it. <laughs> Um, actually, it was quite weird. They, they, they wouldn't tell us about what the baddies are or who the baddies are in the movie. Right. So it's this mystery, and I asked him about it again uh, this week, and he wouldn't tell me. So it's a Voldemort. It's something from outer space, but not aliens. And they wouldn't tell us, although I did overhear Paddy Considine... Buzz Aldrin? ...saying on the phone to <laughs> just, a mate of his what rocks. it was. Did you? Yeah. So I, you know? I do. Right. But I can't say. No. Can you, can, you, can you mime it? It's new. It's All right. Barbarella. Um, Imagine. But yeah, no, I had a chat with Edgar about the new movie and we, we debuted a still from the film as well, a still of Simon Pegg looking like a goth. And um, it's this movie that's about a, a boy's night gone wrong, he said. <laughs> we'll, we'll stop there Chris, because Chris's microphone's just fallen off, fallen away. Hello, pull it, pull it a little closer to you. Okay. That's what she said. Hello. Um, what can I say about what he told me? I don't know. You, I um, he says he quite liked the idea of people watching the trilogy and spaced. So it'd be a bit like Michael Apted 7-Up, where you see them all getting older. <laughs> Fucking hell. All through it. And then I asked him why he was so keen to keep a secret what the threat is in the movie. Yeah. And he says um, he hopes that it will help people enjoy the movie more. He said, um, it's not that there are major twists, but I always feel that there are some films that I wish I'd seen cold. So I'd love to try and retain a little bit of mystery. Um, which I like. I mean, mm. I think it's impossible in this day and age with the internet and people like us <laughs> doing what we do, but... I think there's a lot of films I wish I could have seen cold without knowing what was coming. It's an interesting uh, case, this one, isn't it? Because out of the three films that they've done, this one seems to have the kind of the, the least bit of storyline from what I've heard. It's just a bl- bunch of blokes going to a pub for one last piss-up. Yeah, it's about, it's about a group of guys um, who, have all, who are friends at university and tried to do a, a, a pub crawl locally and didn't manage to complete it when they were young. And now they're much older... They've all settled down with families except Simon Pegg's character, who is a bit of a loser. And all he's got going for him, really, is that he really wants to complete this pub crawl. So he gets them all together. And during the pub crawl, this is when the shit hits the fan. Mm. What, what film would you most like to see cold, as in actually cold? Not knowing anything about it? No, it's just like cold. And really freezing. Cold. Oh, The Thing. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking I'd The Thing. I'd watch The Thing, yeah. The what Shining. Do you, what do you think, do you think there was... Yeah, would benefit. Yeah. So I remember once I saw I saw the first Pirates of the Caribbean film in the big Odeon in Manchester, and we we got half price tickets before we went in. It was the middle of summer, and they said, "Oh, the the aircon's broke, it's broken." Went in, sweltering, watching Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean, quite authentic. Mm, happy. My mum was mum pissed on rum as well. Yeah. Your mum pissed on rum. Yeah, it's knows. a funny name for a sister. <laughs> happy feet too. That's good. That'd be good. good. Um, do they ever show Pirates of the Caribbean at the Pirates of the Caribbean ride? No. Or the Pirates of the Caribbean restaurant in Disneyland? So. And you know if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the Pirates don't eat the guests. No, that's um, true. I, don't, I also quite like to watch The Inconvenient Truth while cold and go, bollocks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a, a film I would like to have seen, even though it's not a great movie, but I would like to have seen without knowing anything in advance, is From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, I wonder how I would have reacted to that, not knowing that it was going to turn into a horror film. Mm. Spoiler but alert. Bringing it back to The World's End, though, um, uh, Joe Cornish managed to get through the whole sort of pre-amble for Attack the Block without revealing what the aliens were like, right? Well, they I were never s- revealed. Detail. Yeah, they, they really didn't know what they were going to look like for lots of the filming. It was something that was kind of in flux all the way through. Yeah. Um, and they look great in the end. Yeah, yeah I thought so. Yeah. Very distinctive, mm. but they, they, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are obviously in this. Who else is? Who else pl- plays the other guys? It's uh, Paddy Considine, oh, yes. Eddie Marzen. Oh yes. <laughs> is there, who else? Is there one more? Johnny Harris. No. <laughs> 
Uh, there's a girl in it. I can't remember which one, but she's pretty. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> pretty girl. There's a big cameo, I think, but they wouldn't tell us. Is who. it cameo? <laughs> Word up. And then some people that... <laughs> That would be pretty big. Yeah. Can you have a big cameo? All pretty ladies oh, around the world. <laughs> Larry, was he Larry, is he Larry Seaman? Is he called? It's something like that, isn't it? Larry Seaman or something. He's on screen with his, like with his massive codpiece. Massive <laughs> bright what, red codpiece. Is, is that what Hitchcock used to do in his cameos? He used to come on as in cameo. Yeah. Yeah. A word up. A word It's a cameo. Martin Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, that's Martin Freeman. AKA. The Hobbit. And uh, I think that anyone that's been in the first two films is in this one. Anyone? Uh, anyone. Every, everyone. <laughs> oh, Rosamund Pike's in it. Yeah, that's the girl. Oh, my God. You like it. She's the girl. Rosamund Pike. So it's five guys, and then she's the girl that's kind of their friend. <sighs> yeah, right. I'm very excited about but this. So someone like uh, Rafe Spall, I believe, will yeah. pop up. Anyone that popped up in the first So Peter Serafin. Peter Serafin. No, I don't think he was in Hot Fuzz. No, but he was, he was in Sean Anyone Dead. that was in both of them is in this one. Oh, in both of them, not in either of them. So mm. Jessica Sorry. Stevenson... No, no, she's not in Hot Fuzz. She is in Hot Fuzz. Is she? she plays uh, the other girl that they cross paths with. That's Shaun the Dead. That's Shaun the Dead. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Bill Nighy? Hot Fuzz, the one... The, the other yeah, one? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That one. Uh, the one with the zombies? Yeah. All right, move uh, on. And the guy, yeah. lead, lead singer from Cameo called Larry Blackmon. It's Larry Blackman, is it? Larry Blackman. What did I say he was called? Not man. You said, you said semen. Yeah. Blackmon. <laughs> you sound Freudian like, you, slip. You sound like Keza when you say that. Uh, Daniel, have you got any Resident Evil action? I have some Wait. revelations. I, I just put this in quickly because I went to interview interview a producer from the Resident Evil franchise yesterday at Capcom's office in West London. You know? Nobody's impressed. What is Capcom's op- offices like? It's alright. A bit like our office, I think. You'd it's be blank li- on the front door. A little bit. What, the toilets are blocked? Yeah. <laughs> you just looking out from a cubicle. Um... <laughs> It's kind of it's in just a kind of very generic building in West London, and they've got three floors. But the kind of the lobby bit's cool, and they've got lots of um, Resident Evil, um, Devil May Cry stuff in the lobby, which is quite nice. And they don't have um, a guy on or a girl on reception. They've got a virtual reception. See, when you get there, you've got to like pick up a phone and look at like a digital screen. It's very weird. It's I very do not ja- like very that. Ja- very Japanese. That's horrible. What's wrong with just having like somebody that. on reception? You know. Not that we've got anybody on reception, I suppose. But and nice. I interviewed this guy called he's called Kawato, and I was interviewing him for the fact that Revelations, the 3DS title, is coming to consoles and PC. And he was just a bit kind of a year ago. He was like, Resident Evil needs to have more and more action, and now he's just like, yeah, I might have been a bit wrong with that. After Resident Evil Six, kind of had a lot of negative reception. So. Are they saying that they're going to go sort of back to their? That's race? what he said, but I'm sure. Sure, I that's could... what they said before six. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he said like the core of the series is fear, and it will be going back to its roots. And I asked him, "Would you have a? Would you be open to the idea of a reboot? Because it's been around for so long. There's so many characters. That mythology's got so kind of convoluted, convoluted and mm. turgid. It's like, would it not just be easy to start again on next gen? And he's like, mm, we're not opposed to the idea. And he seemed quite kind of he warmed to the idea. So I might go ahead and pitch him an idea. Cool. What, want, what are you going to pitch want? him? What are you going to pitch him? Just loads of people. That, what I do think is really good, do a co-op Resident Evil, mm. but it... Set in a co-op. <laughs> set, set up in a co-op, yeah. That's a good idea, actually, in a supermarket. Yeah. Maybe you should do that. Maybe you might not have co-ops in Japan. No. Call uh, something else. God, we need Kezza. She'd know what the co-ops are called in Japan. 7-Elevens. Um... No, but what you should have, this is a really good idea for survival <laughs> horror games, is you can play cooperatively with a friend and you can chat on Xbox Live, but you can only hear each other when you're in the same room. That's, that's so not bad. if you're in a, like the mansion from the first Resident Evil game, say you, Tom, you want to go off and explore somewhere else, once you're out of like where your character could realistically hear them, you can't speak to that other person, which should actually be really scary when you hear noises in the next room. That's you good. open the door and you actually shoot your mate. Yeah. But surely if you're in the same room, you wouldn't even need a headset. No, Brilliant. in the game. Brilliant. Do you? <laughs> and, you? and if you were in a room and there were bad guys in there and you were hiding from them, if you talked, then they yeah, would hear you. Yeah. That's good. That's I like that. Mm. I have thought about this. Capcom, if you're listening. Well, they are, aren't they? Do they normally listen? No. no not like not in the same room. Crapcom, more like. <laughs> Crudcom. Shithouses. <laughs> Come on, then. <laughs> Tom, have you done anything this week? Just don't say anything about Rockstar. 
Um, no, I went and saw Wreck-It Ralph last night, though. Um, Weren't we all supposed to be going to a screening of that? Uh, yeah, I went to a special screening for special people. Oh. Oh. But actually, no, I saw it last night because I'm doing an interview with Sarah Silverman and John C. Riley next week. You're interviewing Sarah Silverman? Yeah. Quite envious. Yeah. yeah. She comes cool. across very well in the interviews that we did. Oh, there you go. Did you like the movie? Come across uh, very well. Yes, I did. I did. It wasn't the movie I was expecting, but... Uh, it's not at all, is it? It's what, were not. you expecting Zero Dark Thirty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when are we going to get to the compound? Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. I was expecting more sort video of game video stuff. game stuff. That's but, all in the first ten minutes, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then it kind of... The one thing that I, I was a bit unsure about was um, how the main majority of the movie was set in this oh, Candyland. Candyland, yeah. And how oh, I was just sat there thinking, if I was a parent with kids... And they were sat, to, and all of the film was about candy. And they're just going to want sweets. Mm. They're out forever. After all, oh, I came I just, out wanting like donuts and sweets and things. I just found that world really boring after like ten minutes. It's a shame because when it goes into um, the hero's duty, that sequence is awesome. The like, what now? A hero's duty. It's the sequence. Like Halo mm. knockoff. Mm. Yeah. Well, they put the candy thing in. It was to appeal to girls, wasn't it? They were trying to make. Girls love sweets. Is that why you put sweets re- in your pockets? Mm. Although I do think the King of Candyland is very funny and his little sour friend. So, mm. yeah. His little sour friend. Yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> That's what we call you. <laughs> Fuck off. I'll go, I'll go check it out, but I am actually going to go see it again next week. Lovely. At a edible cinema screening. What? Yeah, it's huh? a 4D experience. Okay. You're eat the screen. How does that work? I don't know, I'm going to find out. Tom goes straight for the screen, ruins it for everyone. But they asked if we're vegetarians or if um, we needed a non-alcoholic option. So I imagine it's going to be booze and meat. So that just sounds like sounds good. Carnage. Yeah, sounds good, doesn't it? Mm. And there's obviously there's a bit where wreck it. Oh, I don't want to spoil it, but there's talk of wreck it Ralph's breath. So I imagine they might be wafting some bad breath on us. Sweet. Oh. So maybe you could come along. Thanks. <laughs> it's been very quiet on the uh, on the new console front this week, hasn't it? Nothing happening there at all. Nothing happening whatsoever. What? What? Um, last night, Sony just, you know... just Thursday just, night. It's all relative, Stuart. Yeah. yeah. Just in case somebody's listening to this. So tomorrow. on Thursday night, um, PlayStation teased the future of PlayStation. It's an yeah. event that's going to be happening in New York on February 20th, 2013. So very, very soon. Yeah. And IGN is going to be there. Yep. Uh, um, Alex got invited. Can't go because it's his birthday. Oh, poor old Alex. And normally that wouldn't stop him, but it's his 40th birthday. And were I think we, that's, you know. Were we expecting this, or did this come out of the blue? It came right out of the blue. Yeah. I think some of us might have been expecting something. Well, pre-E3. I've got, I've got a, a bet with someone here that uh, if they announce new consoles before E3, then he's going to take me out for dinner. So... Will. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you've got your starters sorted already. If Microsoft announced something, you can have your main. He's course. definitely taking you out. Yeah, this is. I think we can probably pretty definitely say is going to be the PlayStation Four. The, yeah. Oh, I thought it was going to be the Vita Slim. I got really excited. It's a, fir- it's a firmware update. <laughs> it's a um, firmware update. They're not invited. <laughs> that's what it is. It's like I now they're automated because the PlayStation Sony are flying journalists from around the world to Sony um, to the, to this event in New York. They're not going to do that for anything. Am I not right in thinking, though? It's 6pm Pacific Standard Time. which Eastern. Means, Eastern. Oh, it's, so, so it's still 11 o'clock British time. Yeah, so it's going to be fucking annoying for us. Why? Because it's going to be like 11 o'clock at night. I'll be fast asleep. No, I've got a plan. We should come in and work through it. Yeah. And then have Monday off. That's, That's not a bad shout. It's not a bad shout. I like the idea of that. What if they're just getting all these journalists together just to gas them? <laughs> It's not beyond the realms like of possibilities. Yeah, you didn't like Little Big Planet Karting. <laughs> Take this. Yeah. PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale is the best game ever. I'm going to brainwash them. Yeah, it's, it's just a big mass Ludovico technique. I do, I do like the trailer though, the teaser. It's yeah, very I've, sharp. At first, I thought that was actually super close-ups of the new console. Yeah, I see. So you that. think that, but then I actually. Just but what if the console is the, sh- the the shape of the buttons? Or you could, you could get in either a square, a triangle, a circle, or a circle. Yeah. Four varieties. Which one would you get? It's not going to happen. But which one? Just be fanciful. The cross. The cross. Yeah. Because it's, it's looked like an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if it was a cross, you could probably stand it up on its ends like that, and it looked really cool. Down in the ends. Down the ends. The circle. It just runs away. Yeah, you can never never find it to put a disc in it. It just keeps rolling down the back. So um, that's, that's exciting. And I wonder, do we know any more about the specs or anything like that? Since I think we... the ones you read out last week, I think they are quite credible. Yes. 
But in terms of, I mean, like the specs don't really, until they say it's five, six, ten times better than the other, they don't mean much. That what stuff the f- mean you basically want to go, this is running in real time. Look at this guy playing this, and you're like, what? But, but yeah. it can't, they can't just come to the market with, it's got better graphics. They can't. They literally can't do that anymore. It needs to be toasty making. It needs to be, yeah. <laughs> It needs, to be. it needs to be. It needs to be able to poach eggs as well. Do you remember when Breville, you know, like, obviously, they have a very <laughs> successful... <laughs> no, seriously, you remember... This is somewhat of a tangent, but we've been talking this a lot recently on the podcast. You know that Breville obviously have a very successful line in Toasty Makers. Do you remember, like, oh, ten years ago, they brought out, like, a home pie maker? Or did they just target that in the north? I just, think the, just north. the north. Right, okay. Just to stick on this off tangent, I saw a man versus food the other day where he made a burger and the burger buns were two toasted cheese sandwiches. <gasps> that sounds yes. Can you yes. imagine? Oh sick. my god, you're making me feel really sick. But it's just like a cheeseburger with embedded cheese. That's awesome. That is good, right? <laughs> Can we make it? Can we make it? Yeah. Our T Fal egg and toast maker out there. Have we mentioned this before? It's not called that in the US. It's called an egg and muffin toaster. Is it really? Yeah, or egg and muffin machine. They've changed the name of it. Exactly the same machine. Cool. Do they, they not get they toast, don't in toast in America? They must do. Yeah, but I think they just prefer muffin. Crazy. What wacky Americans. Is there any more news? No. But, but no, sticking with PS4 okay. just for a little bit longer. My point is, what are the what are the big the new thing innovation? Yeah, like we're, we're gonna it's gonna have something to do with the game streaming stuff that we were talking about last week. I reckon there'll be a subscription. You, there'll be like a. A universal library of games. Because the way PlayStation Plus works now, it would kind of seems like they're they're pushing people that way. Yeah, and they've not mentioned thing. anything to do with Gaikai really. Since no, no. and there was that there was a teaser site launched for Gaikai, wasn't there? Or was it? I remember we posted a picture and it was like they a, must have been doing something with that. Yeah, so that's mm. definitely going to be. What else could they have to do? You're up on your all your tech. Well, I've said I want them to have 4K, just future proof. Just future proof it. Yeah, I can't see why they wouldn't. No. Other than maybe the cost involved? Well, they'll probably bring out 4K for the first generation and then drop it for the fucking second generation so you can't actually play any 4K titles when 4K comes out. Do you think we'll have black backwards compatibility? Or blackwards compatibility? Well, right, if, if they're bringing the whole... <laughs> Richard Blackwood compatible. <laughs> it's compatible with Richard Blackwood. It smells like hammers. Imagine if you... Um, <laughs> why would you need backwards com- compatibility? If, if it's cloud. If you've got cloud and you can play you any game that's ever been made anyway. Good point, well made. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. <laughs> I went to that Spice Girls musical. Can you tell? I want I want them to make it a really, really good media host for all your fucking media at home. So whatever you've got, wherever it is, it will just play it. Yeah, I think that's really important. You just want it to play MKVs, don't you? Stu? That's what everybody wants from all of these devices. If it plays MKVs across a network, everybody's happy. Laser discs, laser discs. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine the size of the games you could get. If they put laser discs in PlayStation, it'd be so funny, wouldn't it? If it had a That's laser disc player. That's what the round ones for. We really want to bring it back. We really want to bring it. We still believe in it as a tech. We've got Betamax. <laughs> do you remember um, those? Do you remember the, those games you could get on videotape where you had like the game would play and you had like a light gun and you had to shoot what was happening on screen? But of course, because it, it was, did, did somebody just give you a copy of like Lethal Weapon and a, a gun, a toy gun, and tell you it was a video game? wasn't Wasn't a toy gun. GTA 5's got a September release date. Good. That's news. Mm. Uh, seeing as everything that's come out from Rockstar recently has been out in the spring, it, it really looks as if this has been quite unexpected mm. by them. They, they obviously, they've been a bit lazy, I think. They haven't put time into it. They've been dicking about, not, riding on the coattails. No, not even started. Riding on the coattails of past successes and suddenly think, shit, I haven't done my homework. I better get on with this. This isn't original journalism, by the way. This is just Stuart just rabble, you know, um, rambling on. In retrospect, thinking about it, it's not surprised it's been delayed, seeing as we've heard nothing apart from one preview. Yeah, but you mm. think? Rockstar, well, didn't really see much of other games. Like Max Payne, even though that was delayed by a few months, didn't see anything on that game before, like six months out. You you previewed it about four times. I didn't, I previewed it once. Oh, oh it was FIFA. Wasn't it that you previously so stop it? Times. Don't stop it. <laughs> back, back to GTA. I love Max Payne. Still one of my favourite games of the last couple of years. So it's coming out in September. September, yeah. They, well, they've d- released a statement saying we know it's about four months later than originally planned, and we know that this short delay, short delay of what four months, 
will come as a massive disappointment to many of you, but trust us, it will be worth the extra time. It's a massively ambitious and complex game, and it simply needs a little more polish to be of the standard it, we, and more importantly, you I require. Just, obviously, it's going to sell loads and loads, but coming out so close to the new consoles coming well, out... Do you know what? That? It wouldn't surprise me if the house were the tra- trolling everyone and thought they'll bring it out like the week the before or the stuff. week after of the new console... That would be amazing. What, but for current gen consoles, yeah. for current gen consoles, yeah. Or do you think it's going to be cross generation? I'm wondering about. I've said this before, but you do two versions. Like Bioshock Infinite will come out on next gen as well, and you'll be able to play almost like the super high end PC version on PS4. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that's probably. I don't know how hard. So that basically, would be it'll to be the same or... game, just whizzier graphics. Is that yeah. what you're saying? And a touchscreen yeah. interface. Yeah. Oh. Do we need it? Well, it's gonna happen. Or if you, or for instance, maybe some de- like developers be generous. Like if you buy a game that's coming out close to release, you can then download a higher res version for your PS4. I don't know. They wouldn't do that, though, yeah. would they? Give yeah. you something for free. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> no. But like, last week we were talking about GTA and how everyone's really excited for it. But it turns out a lot, quite a few of our listeners aren't that excited about it. Well, yeah. When you consider we have what eight. Nine, ten listeners. Yeah. Um, I think four of them have written in to say they're not excited. I know, it's almost half. Chris White is from Dallas in Texas, and that's in America. Howdy. That's Tom, <laughs> that's just patronising. I think you should apologise. That wasn't me. It was me. Was it you? <laughs> yeah. You sounded just like him. Through my voice. Wow. I'm coming to Texas on my honeymoon. Are you? Is that where you're going? Yeah. Lovely stuff. Who, who, is that writing in? <laughs> uh, this is uh, Chris. Chris, I'm coming Chris. to stay with you. Yeah, lovely <laughs> stuff. With my missus. <laughs> Your missus is going as well. No. Right. For context, I'm 30 years old. He says, I'm currently 30 years old. I don't know what that means. Maybe Congratulations. You might, yeah, you might be 31 by now. I've never played a GTA game, and I don't plan to change that this year. Maybe it's just over my head, but I think it's all hype, and I have no interest in ever playing a GTA game. What? Cool. Would 100% prefer Red Dead 2. Thanks for the podcast. Well, that's a strange thing to say. That reminds me of someone, I, my old boss, who said to me, he, he used to get McDonald's for lunch every day. And I said to him one day, you should get a salad, maybe. Yeah. And he said, I've never had salad before in my life and I'm not about to start now. And it was just seemed like a very strange thing to say, to just yeah. write off salad because yeah. you've never turned... And he killed over dead of a heart attack a week later. <laughs> he, he, he looked... He's he, not having an open sit, mind, is there? Yeah, did he sit down and watch Super Size Me? He went, should have done this. Should I was doing it anyway? Yeah, I was doing. Um, Tom, if you could, you bring a copy of it out to Texas with you when you visit Chris. Yeah, there you go. I'll lend you my copy. Chris, I'm interested because you've said you know you're not in. You've never played a GTA game. You don't plan to change that this year. Understandable, but I don't, you haven't really given us any reasons why. Yeah, and that's what I'd like to know, Chris White from Dallas, Texas. Okay. Why, Chris? Right, why? another person that's not played it is Chris Ferguson, and he said, "I'm not excited about GTA Five. I've played." every GTA game apart from three, and I've really enjoyed them, but the end of GTA 4 was somehow just done with it. I think playing Dark Souls for me, for much of last year, might have killed me inside, but GTA 5 is now as interesting to me as the idea of watching The Expendables 3 or adding a spoiler to a Citroen Saxo. Right. So cool. that's, that's, that's... I think two... he's just done it. I don't think he wants to repeat the formula anymore. That's two seems, Chris's against the yep. formula. So Chris but is out. Any more Chris's then... against his Chris? What do you think? Um, I'm going to play it because you've all been going on about it. Oh, that's all right. Thank heavens for that. I've never played a GTA, but I, I'll bring in GTA 4 for you to play. Yeah, I want to see what all the fuss on. is about. It's, it's good. It's good. It's not like it's going to be a worldwide Chris Fatwa against GTA 5. Then <laughs> <laughs> not, I'm going to buck the trend. <laughs> yeah, I hate that Chris Fatwa. He's an idiot. Chris, 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 Chris Fatwa. <laughs> BBC News. I'm Chris Fatwa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have an email here. Uh, another GTA hater. His name is Sean Khan. He's from Vancouver, which is in Canada. It is. Oh. Yes. Just checking in to say I couldn't care less for GTA 5. I find Rockstar's writing to be a complete joke. GTA 4's attempt at emulating crime drama films was embarrassingly bad. Red Dead Redemption, while a well-crafted game mechanically, 99% of its characters were total scumbags and or idiots, John Marsden included. And then he goes on to say, Volition Saints Row the Third is stupid, but at least it knows it and embraces it. Rockstar is trying to tell a socially conscious story. It's like the idiot in your history class who, who sort of half watched the news one night and thinks he can suddenly start making informed statements on politics. It's pathetic. 
Rockstar is one of the most obnoxiously overhyped developers, in my honest opinion, except for when they made Bully, which was rad. I really wish he'd tell us what he thought. Yeah. <laughs> and that is from the CEO of Rockstar. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Sean in Vancouver. Um, Dan and Sam, if you want his email wow. address, I have it. That um, is tough, tough yeah. talk. <laughs> tough love. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's embarrassingly bad. I think you're kind of, like, it apes the genre, if anything. Like... It may not be as OTT as, as Saints Row, but... I don't think it's ter- terribly written at all. I think it's, like, I think it's fun. I mean, Especially, there... Obviously, I think writing video games is generally quite low, so when something does, good comes along, like Walking Dead last year, it kind of gets, like, it's disproportionate attention. But Yeah. And I think the fact that saying that the, the characters in Red Dead are supposed to be scumbags or idiots, I think that's kind of the point. Yeah, yeah. it's Almost. a lot of, like, yokels in it. And... yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for the email, Sean. Um, we're sorry you're not going to be buying it. Maybe give it a go. Or, the worst or could happen. No, don't bother if you can't be bothered, mate. Don't bother. He, he doesn't want to, Tom. Don't force him. Don't force him. He's not interested. Give it a go. Don't bother. What's happening with our mate Duncan Jones, Chris? Duncan Jones? Mm. Director of Moon and Source Code. That's the fella. What's he think of GTA V? Uh, he thinks he's going to make a World of Warcraft movie. That's what he thinks of <laughs> that GTA V. Really you're going to play GTA V. I might make a World of Warcraft movie. All right. So wasn't, this wasn't one of the options. <laughs> this came out of the blue um, the other, uh, early in the week. Um, they Legendary Pictures announced they're going to do a Warcraft movie. Um, they're going to start shooting it uh, this autumn uh, for a 2015 release. And um, they reckon they're going to have a $100 million budget. Yeah. Duncan is directing. Uh, it's being written by a guy called Charles Leavitt. Oh, endless possibilities there. <laughs> Who uh, wrote Blood Diamond, which was okay. Oh, yeah. And wrote, Diamond. It's not a natural fit, is it? And wrote Blood Diamond. Blood he, Diamond. Also, he also wrote... Drew, Ke- I've got some Blood Diamonds. Blood Diamond. <laughs> what are you talking about, Christopher? Get like, it out, man. We, White we, bread or brown bread? Can we, <laughs> can we leave <laughs> Grace's <laughs> Corner <laughs> and return to the room? Um, he also wrote K-Pax. Oh, Kevin Spacey, yeah, playing an Jeff alien Bridges. or possibly yeah, an alien. Was he an alien? Is he? Not so good. But um, yeah, this is really exciting because, you know, we, we know Duncan pretty well and yep. he's a huge hardcore gamer. In fact, I read an interview the other day saying that he gets annoyed with directors saying they're gamers when they aren't really because he, he he's, am. he's a proper one. Mm. And uh, he tweeted, um, so the gauntlet was thrown down ages ago. Can you make a proper movie of a video game? Who's throwing this gauntlet? I've always said it's possible. Got to do it now. Um, so that's really exciting. I'd like to see a film version of Gauntlet. That would be yeah. good. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Can we play that? Yeah. I used to love Gauntlet. Yeah, I used to love Gauntlet. Yeah. Um, so what do we want to see out of a World of Warcraft film? Well, David I've Bowie. already, I've kind of seen The Hobbit and not really bothered then, really, because it's all the same thing, isn't it? It's pa- just, pandas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there are pandas. But then I've seen Kung Fu Panda and Kung Fu Panda 2 and Kung Fu Panda, that Christmas one they did. So, you know, with that and so, The Hobbit, I don't think I need it. It's a shame Carl Marley's not here because he's the only one that's really mm, invested fan, in it. So you can only have one. Um, but you said you you didn't need the Hobbit, and then you really enjoyed the Hobbit. I did. So is there only room in your life for one fancy epic at a time? If they're over three hours long, yeah. I'm knocking on a bit now. Every minute counts. This, I mean, this is a big deal for someone like Duncan Jones, as well. um, yeah, who course. has only ever directed two full-length feature films before. It's to be handed it's the, the keys intimidating prospects, isn't it? To like, this this huge franchise, this huge budget. It's it's his dream project, though, I guess, doing a, a big video game movie like this. And also, you know, he made a low budget movie that did very well, yeah. and then he did a, a, a medium budget film that did very well. Um, so he's been it's a little bit like um, he's been building up to it. I, I guess Edgar Chris, did a similar thing Chris with Chris Nolan as well. Chris Nolan, yeah. sure. It's that trajectory. Like here are the keys to the kingdom. Like here's Batman. Here's um, World of Warcraft. But that is just because obviously you're thinking along the lines of Lord of the Rings, and that's so much pre-production, so many extras, so many things have to be mm. made physically. Like. And the thing with with Lord of the Rings is, uh, it's obviously got like fifty, seventy years worth of like fan base behind it. Mm. Warcraft's what ten years old, yeah. And also the so scope massive. of Warcraft is huge. I think even in comparison with with, with Lord of the Rings, and, and it's, although it's, it's just massive, isn't and it? Although it might have a uh, a a big subscriber base still. I just don't know. A lot of those people can't get out to the cinema. Because <laughs> they're too fat. <laughs> I'm joking. Because they're too busy playing Warcraft. Oh, I see. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know how big it is in terms of a, a box office draw. It's quite hard, to, I guess, to adapt because obviously 
there's a location. Whereas Lord of the Rings, you're adapting a story. There's a narrative there. Everyone who plays Warcraft have their own narratives, their exactly. own experiences. It's quite hard to find that one thing that's going to resonate with lots of different people who plays different characters in different locations, doing different things. I I guess it's, it's, it's a distillation of that experience. But if they make a good movie, I guess probably two-thirds of the people that saw Lord of the Rings hadn't read the books, and I'm sure two-thirds <coughs> of the people that see this movie won't have played the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dave, there's a rumour that Johnny Depp is being courted to appear in it. Mm. That sounds like a rumour, though. I'm not sure that's true. It's from somewhere called Tracking Board. I've never heard of them. I wonder if I wonder if they're going to keep uh, if keep the name like World of Warcraft, or if they'll just call it Warcraft. I think they're War, Warcraft. Yeah, yeah I think they're calling it Warcraft. Right. Um, one Colon. question though. Wow. Duncan had uh, Chesney Hawks, the one and only, in both Moon and Source Code, and said he'd find a way of putting in all his films. He's got a challenge on his hands. I, so, I, yeah. I think you, you get Chesney Hawks actually. So instead of what's the difference, diegetic, non-diegetic. What? <laughs> Brilliant. I thought you knew. Uh, no. no. We, we, the, the source of the music is on screen. So if it's if it's a radio playing the song, yeah, I think that's non-diegetic right. source of music. It's and then if, anyway, whatever. <laughs> Basically, what I want to say because you don't want it on a on a radio playing. You have Chesney Hawks in the movie as like some little elf like, yeah. playing it on a lute or a yeah. mandolin. Yeah. Or, pro- or a mandolin. Yeah, yeah. Or on spoons. I called I called a lute yesterday. Did you? Yeah. He's, got, he's called Luke. Um, I have emailed Duncan, though, in the hope that we can get a chat, have a chat with him about it in the next week. Um, so hopefully, if he's allowed to talk about it, he might be gagged at the moment. But um, I don't this, want to know. Watch this space, because sooner or later we'll have a chat with him about it. That'd but, be nice. Yeah, exciting news. Maybe let us know what you would like to see in a World of Warcraft movie. Yeah. The usual places. IGN UK. Feedback. Feedback at IGN.com. Yeah. And IGN UK on Twitter and Facebook. That's correct. That's or, just or, correct. Or Grinder. Yes. Yeah. You'll but IGN UK Grinder account. You'll often, you'll often find us hanging around. Craigslist. There. I saw a. a <laughs> I saw a um, something on the internet the other day, and it was Grinder profile photos that had been taken at the Holocaust Memorial. God. What? Was, Why yeah. did you even bring that up? That's oh, t- just Grinder. I think we're all uncomfortable now. Tom, uh, have you got news? Uh, yeah. Why is this coming up this week? What's that? What you're going to talk about. Because it happened on Monday night? It's news, to be fair, that we are all we haven't covered it in the reasonably podcast. excited about, I think. Because it involves two of the biggest franchises known to mankind. It is the fact that Lucasfilm and Disney have officially confirmed J.J. Abrams as the director of Star Wars 7. So obviously he is thick in production, post-production on Star Wars, Star Trek 2. And now he's going from Star Trek to Star Wars. Wow. Um, I would like to point out that I did call this quite a while ago. It was my first choice for director. So thanks for listening, Kathleen Kennedy. Um, But basically Kathleen Kennedy has said that JJ is the perfect director to helm the Star Trek 7, uh, beyond having such great instincts as a filmmaker... And lens flares. He has an intuitive understanding of the franchise. He understands the essence of the Star Wars experience and will bring the talent to create an unforgettable motion picture. Um, There was talk about how he was convinced to do it. um, And, yeah, he said Kathleen Kennedy just came round for a second meeting and she presented it to him and... He he just thought. I think I think the fact that it was so Quite daunting. Hard to say was no with, yeah, but he did. Would say you no. like to direct a Star Wars? Film? He did say he no. Did by say all no, accounts, yeah. um, I guess because he's busy with Star Trek. But yeah, she came back and apparently she. Um, it was the story she told him the story that they were they'd come up with, and that's what kind of convinced him that he wanted to do it. And the scriptwriter as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Michael Arndt. Um, but the thing is, you know, he's he's Who's done a great it? job with Star Trek, mm. uh, and he's not a Star Trek fan. But he's a massive Star Wars fan, so that's probably worrying. Then, in a way, if you think about it, you could because you could almost argue that if he's a big Star Wars fan, he'll almost pay it too much reverence. And but equally, I think every true Star Wars fan. Oh no, I'll get on and annoy the listeners again. But I think every true Star Wars fan doesn't really like the prequels, and I'm sure he's one of those that will just be at pains to do right what they got wrong in so many. I remember ways. pre the prequels and sort of imagining what would happen in a Star Wars sequel and things, just things that crazy things that Jedi's could do and all the aliens and stuff. 
and the prequels just didn't do any of it. No, Someone was talking the other day that you should watch it. There's a that there's yeah. a, you should watch it. Um, episode four, episode five, episode two, episode three, episode six, and don't watch one. Mm. And so uh, two and three are like a flashback, mm. and that's how future generations should watch the the movies. Which I thought was quite that's interesting. That's quite good. That we yeah. should try that. Yeah, I like the idea of that. I'm up for that. Who, uh, what do we want to see in the new Star Wars films? I know I want to see Harrison Ford back as a really old, grizzled Han Solo. Yeah. yeah. That would be fucking awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love Luke Skywalker. I want to see him. I know he's not the most popular character, but I, I'm not really bothered about Carrie Fisher, about Princess Leia. Poor Carrie. I know. You're right, though. She's changed a bit. <laughs> they all have. Let's, let's um, It would be great to see lots of different characters, I think, reappear and pop up. Get Billy D. Williams back. Yeah, still cool. Yeah. So <laughs> Hello, do you, you Peter. Do you want to see, ca- you want to see <laughs> characters to cool related side to them? Of the do you want to What's see that? characters related to, like, not necessarily by blood, but because mm. are they? Do we know definitely they're going to be post Jedi? Yes. Yeah. So they've definitely said that. Yeah. So, what happens at the end of the Jedi? They've overthrown the Empire. Yeah. Mm. So, so w- w- what happens then? Well, they just have to come up with a totally the, new threat. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you want a totally new threat? Does it have to still be so. the Sith? They've removed. Like, the, they've removed the head of the Galactic Empire. Right? There's nothing to say that that's dismantled the whole infrastructure mm. of the evil empire. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it could be scattered. There could exactly. be like, lots scattered, of different yeah. like, alliances, guerrilla fighters, sort of thing. Like, like I'm not going to make a comparison to World War One and World War Two. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, or even the current state of affairs in the world right now. Mm. Where, you have a, where you have an ideolo- ideology and you don't actually have a, a kind of head controlling this ideology. It's simply pockets all around the world causing chaos and mayhem. I hope there's That'd no be, mention of trade... a bit of a downbeat ending though, wouldn't it? I hope there's no mention of trade sp- borders. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. Oh. Um, trade disputes. Oh. Yeah, no, I think they, they've, pretty, they've kind of said that, that, those, that the, the main characters will return in some capacity. Well. Uh, whether they're sort of lead characters or not, I probably doubt it. But mm. I, I also think I, I can imagine the films having a really good, consistent tone with the original movies. Because if you watch mm. Super Eight, JJ Abrams can like match style, I think, pretty well. Yeah, he's only signed up for one film apparently at the moment because talk that I'd heard with they, they wanted one person to do all three, and I, I, he could still do all three, but it's not like he signed up to make the trilogy. Um, and he's also said that the. 2015 release date isn't set in stone that they kind of alluded to before. Hmm. Uh, he said it's just you know when when it's ready. So that's good. You know, you that's wanna, a good answer. You hear I think that. we're all agreed that we'd rather the, the release date was flexible and they got yeah. the product right this time. Yeah, obviously he's not like an X Man X Men Last Stand situation. Where yeah, he, he works with a lot of the same people, especially kind of backroom staff. But they already have a screenwriter. Because he usually works with the same few guys mm. across projects. So. There's nothing to say that they won't get rewrites, though, right? Yeah, yeah Damon Lindelof will come in and he'll just... Uh, yeah, he's, he's, I'm sure his bad robot team are involved. Yeah, in production side. What about, what, about, uh, what about in front of the camera? Anyone from previous JJ projects well, was... you'd like to... You know Chris, Chris Pine would be a really good um, son of Han Solo? Yeah, he would. I actually think he'd be more a good son of Luke Skywalker. I wouldn't. In fact, I'd put money on it that Simon Pegg will be in it in some capacity. Do you think yeah. Simon Pegg probably yeah. was like, oh, if I knew you were going to get Star Wars, I would have held back, mate. I would have held back. Isn't Simon Pegg in one of them? His voice. He's in Clone Wars yeah. uh, in oh, the cartoon, yeah. He played so he a character. That role. We, um, were saying, we were saying, weren't we, in the office, that if they were looking for a hand solo type, that Bradley Cooper would be a good <gasps> choice because he's worked with JJ. Mm. I do like Bradley Cooper. On mm. what? Uh, uh, alias. alias. It's what, it's what Bradley Cooper Tippen. kind of launched his career on. Mm. Um, and he's talking with JJ at the moment about doing the Lance Armstrong movie. Which you did a very good joke about, Chris. What was it? If if Bradley Cooper does the um, Lance Armstrong movie, in many ways it's a Limitless 2. <laughs> Spiritual sequel <laughs> to Limitless 2. Clever. Very good. So clever, you couldn't remember. <laughs> I just didn't want to tell it. Um... Very exciting, though. Can't bloody wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. Roll on 2015 or thereabouts. Mm. Let us know what you want to see in the new Star Wars movies. If you think it's a good idea that we're having both these fictional universes directed by the same guy or whatever, IGN UK feedback at IGN.com or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Now, this is what you've been writing into us about this week. 
Uh, Craig Watts has said, hey guys, just listen to your podcast about the World of Warcraft theme park in China. I've lived in China for five years now and see blatant copyright infringements nearly every day to the point where it is comical. Dodgy DVDs on every street corner. I think to a certain point it's sanctioned as well. There's a popular website here called Baidu. It's a search engine, but in the past also had an extra web link next to the usual pictures and web pages links called MP3. You could basically download every song you wanted. Most people sell dodgy games for chip deck boxes for 50p. Most cities have an electronic city, uh, which is a retailer. These places all have legitimate vendors, but they have console vendors which which mainly sell dodgy stuff. There's uh, merchandise being infringed as well. I saw one of my students at school wearing an Angry Birds jumper. They have plants versus zombies, playing cards, bags, etc. If you're interested, I'll take some photos or buy some of the crap. I'd like you to buy us some crap, please. Craig, uh, you, you can get a <laughs> he lot says, of, "P.S. New DVDs are a fiver. I'll do you three for a tenner. That's fair enough. You can get a lot of like knockoff Angry Birds stuff here as well, though. Yeah. To be fair, yeah, yeah. Most hats, most hats that you see are pretty dodgy. But you can get it for free. I'll just go and Steal punch it. a pigeon in Trafalgar Square. <laughs> just for it. Ooh, ooh. Okay, when, edgy. When a, when a bit dark. Talking uh, of pigeons. Yeah. Um, right. This is from Andreas Basner. Remember Andres? Yeah. Greetings from Nuremberg. Uh, my kid, aka Lady Gaga, to you, is now into Dinosaur Junior. Awesome. Hope to get some videos to you soon. Yeah. Uh, what's the, I've missed this. What are you talking about? <laughs> what's going on? Tom, do you want to fill in? Uh, Andreas's daughter um, is a wannabe pop star. I seem to remember. She's very good at singing. Okay. Um, I'd I, love to see how old is she because I'd love to see her singing some Dinosaur go, Junior go, guys out of interest why is this on the podcast he's written in a few times <laughs> yeah okay friend of the show friend of the show thanks Andreas I know I'm missing out on things but in this day and age how can you even think of seeing every movie and playing every game I must appreciate these days an hour of journey or half an hour playing 30 flights of loving I like my thing, games now to be intelligent and brief no time for long games and then there's a little question attached to this which is a little bit of a non sequitur What's the last must-see British TV comedy? Must <laughs> last... Oh, I'll tell you what. Why is I'll tell that you noise? What's a, yeah, what's it's not a fire alarm again, it's is it? a UFO. I'll tell you one really a TV comedy that you can quite happily avoid, and that's Derek, <laughs> which I tried to watch uh, mm. earlier over my lunch break and turned it off. Not great. Not even funny. Not even I funny. I don't know what odd. it is. I, I do find it quite curious. I, I persisted with the first episode. It does have a quite a good final scene. Right. But it's a, it's a weird curiosity, I think. Mm. I don't know what... Mm. Anyway. It's, um, it's up there. It's going to be up there with Jerry Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lewis playing the clown in that film. <laughs> where You know the one I'm talking yeah, I about. Yeah, I name. What film was this? Set, set in a concentration camp, and he plays a clown Ooh. where he has to lead all the children to the gas chambers. Yeah, it's yeah. called The Day Ooh. the Clown Cried, and he's he's basically... He's bought up the negative and all the all the film prints, and nobody anywhere can see this film because yeah. it's just abysmal. Um, <coughs> I was thinking, talking about the British comedy, I was thinking about Peep Show actually, about the consistency of that show and how yeah, long they can go on so. for. You know, it's had the odd dip, but I really enjoyed the last series. Yeah. And I, ho- I was thinking, I hope they go on forever. And there's not many comedy shows that have been able to keep that going for such a long period of time. Mm. I think it's Channel 4's longest running comedy. Mm. Already, never seen an episode. Oh yeah, really? And I'm sure you said it. You said it like the Salad Boy and like um, GTA Man, salad where you tweeted, oh, no, you know, I've never watched it before. It will start now. Uh, it's just too much to catch up. It's on. not so, though. It's not because you can go back. You could go back and start watching an episode a night because you'll want to. Once you start getting into it, you will want to sit down and watch every episode because it's Look really fade. good. There's no persuading. And actually, him. you could dip in at almost any point. It's yeah. not that plot based. Can I offer a suggestion for Andreas? For his must-see no. yeah. comedy, Nathan Barley. I know. I, I, I always go on about it. You might not have seen it. It's only six episodes long. It's brilliant. Love it. Absolutely brilliant. I, it's, the pro- it's behind Alan Partridge. It's the comedy series I've watched the most. I would say behind Partridge and Spaced. Yeah. Nathan abs- Barley. You can watch over and over again. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Very good. Number two. I have an email here from Chris King uh, from Newcastle in the UK. Newcastle. Uh, he says, I've just got my copy of Nino Cooney and put a good few hours into it. Already, I think it's one of the best JRPGs I've played since Final Fantasy VI. Just wondered what you guys thought of it. Isn't she the girl from Ted? J.R. Hartley. What? On <laughs> <laughs> Mila Kunis. Oh, yeah. It doesn't even work, Chris. No? Nino Sorry. Cooney. 
Um, I have not played it. Uh, I don't know if Daniel has. I've got. A co- I'm going to play it this weekend, so I will be able to give you feedback next week. It does look beautiful from what I've seen. Um, I don't know if it's my sort of game, but would you be more likely to play that or to watch a, a, a studio Ghibli film? I'd rather watch a studio Ghibli film because yeah. one's two hours, the other one's sixty. 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 Um, but having said that, I might borrow it off someone else when they finish with it. And see if it's any good. What, Mila Kunis or the game? <laughs> Nino Kuni. Right. Thanks for writing in, though, Chris. That was very, uh, very good. Sorry, I haven't got any more to say on it, but we haven't played it yet. No, cool. Um, I've got an email from Chris Fatwa. Chris Fatwa? Not really. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is from John Hall. And it says, hi, guys. John from California here. In hi, regards John. to the mention of The Last Action Hero, which oh. popped up a couple of podcasts ago. Yeah. Um, someone said they didn't mind The Last Action Hero, and I actually quite liked it myself. Um, that's just him talking. I didn't like it. Did you not? No, I think no. in the room people liked it and I just kept quiet because I found it quite boring. Right. Huge flop as well, wasn't it? It was a huge it, disaster it, at yes, the time. Yeah. It was supposed to be bigger than Jurassic Park. It came out the same summer. <laughs> that's right. In my head, this is all very amusing because when you said, oh, the last action hero popped up, I imagine like last action hero being a nickname for someone's penis. Yeah. And then you were saying, and it flopped and it was meant to be much bigger than Jurassic Park. Anyway, in my head, this is funny. <laughs> um, John asks us a question, though. If you were given the ability to enter into and become a part of a <laughs> film's universe, which one would you choose? <sighs> you wouldn't, though, because that would be fucking terrifying, Tom. It would. Ah. You wouldn't want to be part of Jurassic Park, that would be terrifying. Hmm. Hmm. I've got one. Go on. Planet of the Apes. Fucking love monkeys. <laughs> Especially if I could be one myself. It'd be more oh, like you love fucking fuck monkeys. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Because they can shag whenever they want. <laughs> you, well, so can humans. Yeah. Well, I can't. <laughs> 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 they, can pick, they can pick stuff out of their bums and no one cares. To be hey, fair, a lot of people now. in this office do that as well. Um, I don't know. Which universe would you like to be a part of? I think I'd quite like to be a monster in Monsters, Inc. Just yeah. like making a living scaring mm. the shit out of kids. Well, yeah, Pixar's good, Pretty isn't much it? do that anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Pixar's, face. Pixar's not a bad one. <laughs> Wally. <laughs> but apart from Ratatouille, I don't think I'm going to be a rat eating garbage. You would like to be a chef. You oh, would I, like to be a chef, yeah. Yeah. What about... Um, what about... I, like, I thought this through. Maybe in Cornwall, and that bit of straw dogs near the end. <laughs> Good. Mm. Good. The Wicker Man. <laughs> X-Men. I'd quite like to be an X-Men, you know, if you've got like a mutant power. Mm, yeah. Being yeah. able to like... What would, your, what would your mutant power like to be? I like the one that... Asbestos um, hands. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, step aside, I'll take that out of the oven for you. Lovely. Uh, what's the what's the one, uh, Nightcrawler, the one that oh, can teleport? Yeah, I'd quite like that one. But he looks like a freak. Inception. Is that, is that Alan Cumming? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just a way funny noise. Hey! Oh. I didn't like him in that film. No, I don't like him anyway. No, me really. neither. No, there's He's something good. about him, isn't there? The Americans like him. Yeah, well, he's he good in Goldeneye. I am he invincible. Is, he is good in Goldeneye. He's really weird. He's weird in eyes wide shut. Coming on to Tom Cruise. Well, literally. literally. We're going back to our pre pre recording section, are we? Yep. There we go. Um, Avatar. Avatar's a good universe. Do you want to have a big? That's sex true, with Chris, because it's all in three ladies. dimensions. You wouldn't be just flat. And you could fly around on a fucking dragon. And shag a nine-foot blue woman. Mm. Anyway, it says more about me. Um, <laughs> next, uh, next bit of feedback is from um, Owen. Um, do you think the Darksiders games have a future? He's a big fan of the games. And he's also wondered, like, because he bought the special edition and he's not yet downloaded the expansions, will he be able to do that or will he be able to get a refund? don't know. I still think they'll, they'll support DLC because that will already be made. That's a very good question, though. But I will check on that, actually, for you. So you can find out. Oh, yeah, Am I not right well. in thinking, though, that the studio who made Darksiders has pretty much been dissolved and has now Vigil. become Crytek USA? Yeah, and I think some of the talent involved will be going various places. But Darksiders on IP might still live again one day, ride again. <laughs> what? <laughs> any any more feedback? or? Yeah. Any... Dave! Connolly from Dumbarton in Scotland says, "Why do people seem to be very accepting of? Ni- ni- uh, why do people seem to be very accepting of? Ni- I'll edit that bit out. Just had a stroke. <laughs> Just because you can reach. Why do people seem to be very accepting of Nintendo going up to a press conference and simply saying, there's another Mario, another Zelda, another Mario Kart, and another Smash Brothers coming? 
soon. If any other game dev or publisher did this, they'd be castigated for not taking enough risks, only bringing out sequels and cashing in on annualising franchises. How many people had to tell themselves they enjoyed the new Super Mario Bros. 2? I know I did. It seems that people's fanboy love for the Nintendo they grew up with is giving them a bit too much protection from criticism. I think this is a bit unfair. I think it's very fair. I can see where he's coming no, from. No, I don't think... It, well, how many Zelda games were, were there on the Wii 2? How many Call of Duty games have there been on the Xbox? Like, yeah. yes, they keep redoing Zelda games, but it's not like they're pumping one out every year. I yeah? think... Uh, I guess the problem is is that they don't have any third... Well, their, the third-party support for Nintendo is yeah. very, very limited. It's lacking. And I it, also yeah. would say that the amount of innovation between Zelda titles is much greater than any other annualised franchise. Yeah. But he is right. They did come and say... Here's a new Mario. There's a new Mar- uh, Mario Kart. There's a new. Yeah. Well, I mean, like before Mario Kart came out, I mean that was an innovation, right? But then they've stuck with that. It'd be nice to see them do do more new stuff, right? Yeah, no, I think it needs to be more new characters. But then I don't know. It seems to me that out of the three major players here, in, with, with regards to consoles and games, Nintendo's Nintendo seem to be the one that that are almost happy to preach to the converted and not try and and reach out for any further customers now they did the Wii thing and that was a massive success and now it's almost like they're ready to walk away from that and just go you know we've done that we're just going to concentrate back on our core gamers that like Zelda that like they're kind of going it's it's the if it ain't broke don't fix it is their attitude I think which I mean can work I mean look at Apple I mean obviously they do bring out new product from time to time but they've been pushing the iPad the iPhone the MacBook. Did, didn't their um, shares just take a dip for that very reason? That's that they true. haven't innovated at all in the last couple of years. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Um, Nobody can stay on top forever, though, can they? No. Is annualised a word? It is now. We've been I using it in yeah. this podcast, and like, it doesn't sound like it's a word. What was that brilliant word you said earlier? Diagodetic. Diagetic. Diagetic. It's good, that. I think it's, yeah, it's Greek. Uh, so, I mean, you've got Microsoft who don't have any of their own. Like well, they, they, yeah, apart from like Halo, Halo and Gears of War, Forza, Forza, yeah, and then you've got Sony who have loads but don't sell many games, and then yep. you've got Nintendo who have a f- like all their own first-party titles and nothing else. Yep. It's weird, isn't it? Like yeah. how they're all, all three are so different. I mean, which is, is the most? I think. A, I think Nintendo do make very, very innovative games, and I think some of them are prototype. Like for instance, Mario Galaxy. That could have been a new character. That yeah. was not. It didn't have to be Mario. But wrapping it in the Mario—this sounds a horrible image—but wrapping it with Mario's skin makes it an even more attractive game. Yeah, you could have had a brand new character who was a little spaceman. It would have been brilliant, and people have gone, "Look at this amazing new IP from Nintendo." Isn't it just like Mario? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> no, but that's a platformer. But like three planets and stuff, you could, have, you know, obviously certain elements would have been changed. But the same with um, Kirby. Like it was still a two D platformer, but it was a new art style. And now they've used that for Yoshi. It's yeah. like I do think they are innovative, but then they offset the kind of the inherent danger of innovation by wrapping it in a familiar wrapper. Yeah, nature finds a way. Life <laughs> finds a way. Mm. Mr. Hammond, the phones are working. Um, yeah, uh, but I mean, th- I do. I do think it's a bit harsh to say. I do agree with this point about New Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. I do think those are more repetitive and show less innovation. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, they, they, the, it's never like this is exactly the same as the last one, is yeah, it? Yeah, there was one Mario Kart on Wii. Yeah. It's not like there was one every year. No. They're revolving, not evolving. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's not bad. You can have that one for free. Thanks. Hasn't uh, Iwata said that they're going to be supporting more Japanese titles in the uh, West now. He said that more in relation to 3DS because in Japan, handhelds are a bigger deal than they are in the West. In the West, people, studios who develop for handhelds are mainly people who develop for kids. And even that's not as many people developing in, as in the heyday of the DS. So it's basically to bolster the um, software titles for 3DS in Euro- Europe and America. Um, Nintendo are going to start localising more Japanese games. Okay. There you go. So that's all uh, stuff coming out from Nintendo in the future, which links us in nicely to games that are coming out today. Okay, so this week we've got the Hitman HD Collection. 
three it's Hitman it's games. It's another one of those HD collections, Stuart. Remastered. Remastered. In the yeah. HDs. Mm. So three games. It's quite a good value for money, really. Is it? It's How only 30 it? quid, I think. 30 quid yeah. for three oh, games. It, it might not even be that. It might even be 20 quid. It's so downloadable you, as well, isn't so it? So if you liked Absolution, it's probably a good way to go back if you've never played a Hitman game before. And then we've already touched upon it, but Nino Kuni is out as well. Mm. Nino Kuni has come out. Yep, she is. Going to keep pushing that. Um, Movie-wise, uh, a bit of a mixed bag this week. We have Bullet to the Head, the new Sylvester Stallone movie, Yeah, which apparently is okay. I haven't seen it. Who's some, someone here seen it? No, I've not seen it. No, nope. apparently they're his own tattoos, though. Are yes. they? Mm. And do you know why? Yeah, he ripped a vein or something, didn't he? And it looked yeah. really oh, ugly. What? Yeah, looked really he said ugly. my chest is a mess, basically. Yeah. And he said oh. you can see in Rocky. And so I thought I'd cover it up and so that he's covered himself in tattoos. Mm. Fair I, enough. Am I right in thinking the tattoos have something to do with his movies as well? That mm. I don't know. When I'd heard that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's potentially worth checking out. Flight is out, which is supposed yeah. to be good. Starring Denzel Washington. Couldn't really give a shit. Um, Hyde Park on Hudson, which is worth watching because Bill Murray's in, but apparently it's a bit dull. They say flight, it, it, you couldn't care less about, but apparently the kind of opening half an hour is really good. It just goes really crap from there on in. Really? I mean, I've heard it is. The whole film's good. It's just such an unappetising plot, I think, if you know what the story is, vaguely. It's just like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch that. Drunken airline pilot yeah. saves airplane, saves people's lives from a massive airplane crash. Yeah, and then he's he's the fingers pointed at him because he's got loads of drugs and booze in his system. But it's um, Robert Zemeckis' return to live action filmmaking. Robert Zemeckis, did it? Yeah, mm-hmm. which is good because he's one of the best. We've missed him. Um, yeah, Hyde Park on Hudson. That's a maybe. And there's a little film coming out yeah. from Brussels called Bullhead, a copy of which I lent Daniel Kruper more than a year ago. And he's still neither watched it nor given it back to brilliant. me. Brilliant. Um, it's absolutely brilliant, though. It, it was. Um, it got nominated for best foreign film last year at the Oscars. Um, it's a. F- I got to know the director a little bit at a festival, and he was calling it a farm noir. It's a, a film noir. <laughs> it's a film noir on a farm, and it's all about um, the black market of steroids for animals. The, the farm where all the eggs are hard boiled. Boom. Uh, it doesn't sound at all appealing, but it's very, very good. And the lead actor is unbelievable. So let me get this right. There's Bullet to the Head and Bullhead, yes. which is going to cause massive problems on Odeon's ticket system when people phone up. Yeah, I, I, I tweeted that last week saying I hoped that Sylvester Stallone fans were going to accidentally see Bullhead. Fucking awesome. Uh, no yeah. doubt it's a much better film. But yeah, if you get the chance to see that one, do. Good, good, good recommendations. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Tom. For doing what? <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Thank, thank you. Thank uh, you. And thanks to you for listening. Mm. You know the address to write to if you want to say stuff at us. Uh, it's IGN UK feedback at IGN.com. That's right. Leave, oh. us, leave us a comment if you fancy on the oh, old iTunes. Do all of that stuff. We like them. And write. Write into us. Say your brains. Speak your brains and say words at us. Tom? Uh, if you want to win an 8-bit pigeon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so I, I was, was thinking that listening to this podcast. I wasn't terribly happy when I saw on the site the headline, Win an 8-Bit Pigeon. Well, but Tom's talked me into it. It's a it's a sculpture made for Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, it's an 8-Bit Pigeon. It's really cool. If you want to win it, go on to IGN, look for Search for Pigeons, and yeah, you'll find out how to enter there. But that that's only to, uh, to UK listeners, unfortunately. But you've got till next Friday, which is the 8th, which is the day that Wreck-It Ralph comes out to enter. So, Wow. Uh, anything else? We need to plug? No. Fine. We'll walk away from this then. Thanks for listening, Mm. everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.